0: We're back to the O'Haley Show, and I'm excited. To first to welcome my co-host, Paul Hollis, author of the Holloman series and CEO, of Senior's Publishing. How are you, Paul? And I know you're excited about our guest today.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited. Uh, we have John Sunman, and he is is uh, an, an award-winning author and, and uh, an essayist. So we're gonna we're gonna have a good uh, chat with him today. Thanks for stopping um, by. Yeah.
0: All right, so tell me how you became an author. How did that start? Because I think you've been writing for a long time.
1: Yeah, well, I've made my living as a writer, a a technical writer for computer companies starting in 1980. But I wrote uh, my first novel starting in the late 1990s. And uh, I don't know, something just got into me. I had an idea that I would write a a murder mystery. And and one day I was talking to a buddy of mine who was a, a computer chip designer. And he was in the hall looking all bedraggled. He hadn't slept for a couple of days. He was trying to debug this computer chip. And he was staring at an etched plot, a big picture of the chip. So I said to him, you know, I know how to put a Trojan horse into software. Could somebody put a Trojan horse into that hardware chip? And he looked at me and he said, there's 200,000 transistors on that chip. You could put the Titanic in there and I wouldn't know it. So I got, came up with this plot for a murder mystery. Well, a chip designer dis- discovers that his coworkers are burying a secret function in the chip, and then he gets murdered. So anyway, that's what I took off with. That was the premise for my first novel.
0: That's and, wild. How do you kind of figure all that stuff out in your head? The uh,
1: with great difficulty. <laughs> it took <laughs> me about four years the first time. Uh, but but um, you know I I. Uh, I couldn't figure out why somebody would go to all the trouble of putting a Trojan horse into hardware when it's so much easier to do it in software. And all I could come up with was uh, biological digital convergence and nanomachines for brain hacking and all kinds of stuff like that. So anyway, so I ended up being accidentally a cyberpunk novelist.
0: I think it's good, Paul.
1: No, fascinating. Yeah. Tell us more. Well, my um, I didn't have a background in anything computer before I got my first job. I was my background was in agricultural development in West Africa, um, but but uh, I was studying. I was in grad school at Purdue in the Midwest studying agricultural economics, and I, I met this hot chick, and she was working on a, a Ph.D. in molecular genetics. So. All my plans of going back to Africa went out the window. Anyway, so so I started I started studying molecular biology because because I met this woman, and uh, she's downstairs now. We've been married forty three years, and um, so I, I I learned a lot about molecular biology, and I and I was very fascinated by the idea of the convergence of biological technology and digital technology, and so that that theme kind of has driven all of my books so far how uh, biological functions are increasingly uh you know manipulable by by uh computer technology digital technology and how uh going the other way dna is used for data storage and uh and and things that would traditionally be done by computers and so forth so that that one area given my background in and computers. I, sh- I should say that when I started, I, when I s- got my first job at a computer company, I didn't know anything about it. I was in way over my head. But after you know ten or fifteen years, I had written thirty manuals about how computers work. So you do that long enough, you learn on the job, and you can become pretty conversant with computer technology. So, so wh- when I wrote my novel, I was pretty conversant with computer stuff and with biological stuff.
0: What I'm impressed about is now we're seeing the you were ahead of the game, right? I guess because of being in Silicon Valley, you had some ideas, you got probably secrets. You should have been help, you know, helping people out. You should be sitting here saying you're in your uh, mansion somewhere, right? Because of probably the things you heard and learned at that time of the dot-com age. You've lived through all those different things. Now, Web 3.0, are your books looking at that with AI and Web 3.0 moving forward And some of the books you'll be writing?
1: Well, and the book I'm I'm writing, I'm finishing up a book now, which has no science fiction in it at all, just a psychological thriller. Um, uh, But after that, I'm working on a book with a friend of mine, and we're going to have some of it is going to be uh, AI-assisted and just see how that turns out, play around with that some. I I should say that my, my second book was called Cheap Complex Devices. And that was about a storytelling contest between two AI constructs. So that was that was in 2002. So I think I was pretty far ahead of the curve on both the bio digital stuff. That book was in 1999 and in uh, uh, AI, uh, you know, as AI storytellers.
0: Oh, my was- gosh, John, you already were predicting the future. And you could have profited right if you knew
1: Uh, yeah i I, in theory yeah i had an agent in in new york city a great guy a well-known new york city literary agent and he spent four years with me uh trying to sell the rights to my first novel which is called acts of the apostles and um and you know we had he said, you got to rewrite it. It's not good enough. When I sent him the first draft, he said, I'll be your agent, but you got to do some work. So I spent like a year working on it. So he sent it out and I got a bunch of rejections and people said, tell him he needs to rework it, but we'll take another look. So I did that for another year. And meanwhile, I didn't have any money, but, you know, I kept on doing it. And this went on for a bunch of. Of, of uh, submissions and. You know, New York City editors had me down. They took me out to lunch. I thought, you know, I had visions of sugar plums in my head, you know. And 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 my agent stayed with me that long. He said, look, it's a thriller. If you get an offer for a thriller, it's going to be at least a million dollars. They don't offer less than that for a thriller. Wow. They'll either give you a lot of money or no money. And, and then so we got some nibbles from Hollywood. And uh, this goes back to like when dinosaurs walked the earth, 1998 or something like that. But on one weekend uh my manuscript went out to twenty six producers like you know cameron and spielberg and so forth and there was gonna be this big auction of the rights to my novel but we didn't get one flipping offer and so it was it was so the expectations were I was like oh my gosh you know I'm gonna I'm gonna all the work is gonna pay off and so finally I decided to publish it myself. My agent was still trying to was still willing to work on it with me for and but my wife wasn't and my kids weren't they said you know daddy you need to make some money you need to go back and get a real job you know so i did i went back into the computer industry and i just started self publishing on the side
0: now do you think that these now could be really related because they're so it's science fact now
1: yeah well just one more as long as i'm laughing about all this stuff one thing that that i'm really excited about is my books have become cult hits among among computer hackers and geeks and among some biologists. And so I'm republishing them this fall or late this year. And I have some pretty big name people writing the introductions for them. So Corey Doctorow is writing the introduction for Acts of the Apostles. And uh, Ken McLeod, who's one of those big stars of British science fiction, is writing the introduction for another book of mine and a fellow named David Weinberger who's a a philosopher who studies the impact of the internet on society is writing an introduction so it's kind of it's kind of gratifying although I have not made a lot of money from these books I've made some over the years but to have to have really smart and well thoughtful well respected writers saying yeah we love this guy you know we love his books that's very gratifying
0: it's time to take those manuscripts and repitch them again
1: yep i I think so you guys are going to help me out we're going to
0: talk a little bit connected in hollywood again we're in the writer's strike but once that strikes over i know some i know an academy award winning uh director producer i know people so we definitely uh and and he would be intrigued because he did something on 9 11 and it did really good uh he got an academy award for it i can't i remember his name now but it's in my some my list of all the people i've interviewed in my career but it's such great stuff john Where's the best place people can go and purchase your books and learn more about you?
1: Uh, well, my website is johnsundman.com. You can go there. That'll tell a lot. And I, I'd like people to, if you go to my website, you can get my book BioDigital for free just for signing up for my Substack. So go to the website, grab a book, and sign. Uh, check out the Substack. That's where I write. Uh, I've got an ongoing autobiographical series there with about 20 essays so far covering everything from my time living in a small village in West Africa to when I got jumped and knifed in a bad neighborhood in Boston, to all kinds of stuff. So, Some good so. stuff.
0: Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We appreciate it, John. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment.